It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. Down the floor, a baseline two handed flush from Lincoln Cure. To the pros. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. MJ, right field and deep. Back goes Brennan. It is gone. How's that for bragging rights? And a base hit left field. That'll make Izzy breathe a little easier. And the Royals lead 3-0 with MJ driving in all three against his childhood buddy. 3-2 to Bogarts. Hit the left with some carry towards the corner. Nolan Jones. It just gets over the wall in the left field corner. And that's the game. He was really here. In the left field. Kerstad goes the other way. And that ball's gone. Well, maybe this kid can stick around. Heston Kerstad. Two home runs in three major league starts and four schemes. That one drilled in the air towards left center field on its way out of here. Seta Suzuki, 5-1, Cubs. It's Wednesday morning and you're listening to the Morning Blitz on 1025 U-Rock, AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State course online nwksradio.net and the rocking m app so glad that you're with us on this wednesday morning it's september the 20th 57 degrees outside currently a high of 86 here on this wednesday expected full show ahead today got a two for wednesday we'll have two guests today dan lucero our good friend Going to join the program coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk Patrick Mahomes' new contract and many other topics as well. Uh, and we will uh, we'll have Tess Smith in studio from the Goodland Activity Center. She'll be joining us and we'll be visiting with her about upcoming events at the Goodland GAC. So uh, look forward to visiting with her uh, in the back half of the show. As always, you want to be part of the Morning Blitz? The best way to do so is through our text line, the number 785-899-2222. Thoughts, comments, questions, whatever it may be, opinions, throw them out there on our text line, 785-899-2222. The number to be a part of the Morning Blitz here once again on this Wednesday. We're, uh, we will begin the show talking about high school volleyball last night. A full slate of bo- volleyball last night. Many area teams continuing their seasons as we're right in the thick of it now here towards uh, mid-late September. Uh, Hoxie continues to have a great stretch here in the 2023 season. They improved, they picked up two more wins last night as they swept Plainville and Hayes TMP in Plainville. Oakley went 0-2 in Smith Center as they lost to the host, Lady Red, as well as to Stockton. That one won three sets to the Lady Tigers. Wallace County winning in three over Rollins County uh, in what was a very good triangular there in Rollin- in Atwood, I should say. So Wallace County won in three over Rollins County, then lost in three sets to Hitchcock County, and then Rollins County swept Hitchcock County. Uh, in the other match of the night. So it was a one-and-one one one 
for everybody there. Uh, which, once again, I feel bad for, for Rollins County. You know, they have to play all their, their matches and stuff. And my guess is they'll have to do this in the basketball season, too, unless they're able to get it fixed up. But because of the fires that happened over the summer, they're having to play at the junior high gymnasium, which nothing wrong with that. It's, it's always kind of cool to, to, to see old junior high gymnasiums because it takes you back to what, you know, used to be used to everything used to be played in, you know, these cracker box arenas. I just remember when I was in high school, we'd go to these school, you know, and I went to a small school. You know, you know I always compare it to kind of like a, a Sharon Springs, uh, something like that. A Wallace County was the size of school I went to in Nebraska. And I always go into these small schools for basketball, you know, and playing JV and seeing these tiny gyms. I mean, seeing these little, little cracker box gyms, you know, where there was just enough, you, you know, if you were going to stand out of bounds to throw it in, there was maybe eight inches of room between the wall and the line. <laughs> you know, I remember playing, and <clears throat> we still joke about that, me and my friends from uh, back in high school, we joke about it, uh, you know, playing like in a, a town called Sterling, had this little tiny gymnasium where they had taken out, they had like maybe two rows of bleachers, that was it, and then, you know, you could barely stand in, you know, if you're were, if you going to throw it in, you pretty much had to put half your foot in bounds. All the way around. I mean, it was so small, and then there was the the weight room was next to it. It was fenced off right next to the that old junior high gym. Just remember that kind of stuff. And so it's fun to see these old gymnasiums. What they're like. I remember going to Decatur Community uh, many years back and seeing their old gym. It's a lot like Goodland's gym, you know, where it's it's kind of like a pool. You know, it's you, you, the bleachers are up high and everything is down low, and it's just unique to see these really old gymnasiums. And that's what Rollins County's having to play in because of the fires that happened in their high school this summer. Uh, continuing, on wall, or continuing on volleyball results, Quinter Triangular, St. Francis topped the host Bulldogs two sets to one and then swept Golden Plains. Quinter would win the match of the night. The other match of the night, they swept Golden Plains in straight sets. And then Shylin at their Triangular, uh, they lost in straight sets to both Decatur Community and Logan Palco. Decatur Community picked up a two-set win over Logan Palco there in high school volleyball last night. Uh, there'll be some more scheduled for Sunday and the high, sorry for Thursday on the high school level. But today, Colby Community College volleyball coming off a loss this Saturday at Hutch, looking to rebound. They will host Garden City for some volleyball at the Colby Event Center. That's this Wednesday night over in Colby. So there you go. There's your local sports for yesterday and today. Boy, there was some big news. I'll say it, there was some news surrounding uh, Kansas and Kansas State football yesterday. First, with the good news. Uh, that would be that the Kansas Jayhawks have themselves a sellout that they'll be playing in front of as for the fourth time in Lance Leipold's head coaching career, his Jayhawks will play in front of a sold-out David Booth Memorial Stadium uh, as they have sold out the BYU game this week. And it's the latest sellout, or the last sellout, or it's the first sellout since October 8th last year when Kansas hosted ESPN's College Game Day when they took on TCU. But I think the more impressive stat is that this is actually the earliest sellout for Kansas football since 2009, September of 2009, when they took on Duke. It's the earliest sellout since then. I mean, it's 2009, you know, quick math in my head, what, that's 13, 14 years? Pretty much 14 years from since then. It's been a long time since they've had a sellout this early in the football season for Kansas Jayhawk football. And, and really... I, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, re- when you look at the slate of college football, and we're not going to get to the college football Power 5 today. We're actually going to double up tomorrow. We'll have the college football and the NFL Power 5 tomorrow. 
But if uh, and even though they're not on my my Power Five games, the Kansas BYU game and the K State UCF game are pretty good matchups to open up Big Twelve play for both these teams. Both both pretty darn good. Um, especially and especially the Kansas BYU one because remember BYU you have to remember is an old team. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that are 22, 23, 24, and with COVID years might have some 24 or might have some 25, 26-year-olds possibly. I don't know that for a fact, but there's a possibility of that with the COVID year and all that. So they've, they're a very old team. They're not intimidated by atmospheres. They just went to Arkansas and got a huge win in a, in a very tough atmosphere. They're not intimidated by anybody, and they're a big physical team. They are going to pound anybody they play and so you better be prepared to wake up on Sunday morning if you're the opposition in this case Kansas that you're going to be really sore because they play a physical style of football that's why I said I thought BYU at the beginning of back when we were in the dog days of summer and we were talking about which team could have the most success early on in the Big 12 of the newcomers between Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, uh, Houston who would have the most success early on my answer was I think BYU would That'd be the reason why. They're big, they're physical, they're mature. They could have a lot of success early on. And it would be a big, it'd be a bit, whoever wins it, whether it's BYU on the road or Kansas getting a win at home over BYU, it's a big win. Whoever wins that first game. Once again, that is scheduled for 2.30 Central Time. Uh, you'll be able to hear it, of course, on our sister station, Hot Country 979. You can watch it on ESPN. Should be a really good game. Probably the biggest news of the day was sad news uh, from coming from K-State head football coach Chris Kleiman. And uh, I actually have audio for this, what Chris Kleiman had to say, meeting with the media yesterday and talking about the plethora of injuries that his team is facing going into their Big 12 opener. Obviously a difficult loss on, on, on Saturday um, to lose like that and, and uh, became worse. And you guys know it became worse and more expensive on the loss because um, we did lose Daniel Green for the season. Um, and he had surgery this morning, um, and it's been a tough day, a tough couple days around here for uh, myself, uh, for a lot of the six-year guys, a lot of the linebackers, because he's been the heart and soul for those guys and for our football team. And Daniel and I have been through an awful lot since the first day I got here, and I, I've never seen a, a, a young man grow into such a man and what a leader that Daniel Green is and has been and will still be for our players um, the rest of this year. But he'll do it in a different different light as more of a student coach. And so uh, I'm just I'm gut-wrenched by losing him um, and not because of just the football part of it, but just having that kid around every day at practice and being really the uh, the lifeblood of the of the defense. And now some other guys have to step up. Um, you know, Treshawn Ward got banged up. You guys saw that. I, I think he's doubtful. Um, we'll learn more later in the week, but I would say he's doubtful. Uh, Will Howard, uh, I would say, would be questionable. He didn't practice yesterday. Um, I think he's limited today. Uh, we just got to figure that one out as 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 the week goes on. Probably won't know on that one till later in the week. Um, but all that being said, uh, as the message was to the guys on on Monday. Um, we can't let Missouri beat us twice. We, we have to come up with great game plans, no matter who's playing at quarterback, running back, Mike linebacker, and um, uh, the show moves on. And we've got to continue to, to battle the adversity that we're facing. 
And uh, everybody else is battling a lot of stuff too. So uh, it's our job as coaches to get him, get the guys in great positions to to be successful on Saturday against a, a really talented Central Florida team that, from what I understand, may be down a, a player or two as well. Yeah, big news there. I mean, the first four, Daniel Green, the heart and soul of that defense done for the season, um, that one stings for sure. Uh, when you lose a leader like that that has as much experience as Daniel Green does on a team that – did return a decent amount of players, but especially in the back end is young. Still has some has some guys that they're gonna, that they're still working through some things on the defensive side. That's a big loss for Kansas State. You lose your leader and kind of your vocal leader and your emotional leader on the defensive side when defense is all about emotion and, and playing with a fire. That's that's a hard thing to replace. So Joe Klanderman, defense coordinator, has got his hands full uh, going forward without Daniel Green the rest of the season. Other guys will step up. They'll find a way to do so. Kansas State is a developmental program. They will find a way to get guys in there that can fill those spots. Will they play at the same level? That I don't know. That I don't know. We'll see. But that's a that's a loss there. Uh, no Trayshawn Ward more than likely this weekend. I don't know if it's a huge loss. I think uh, Giddens is a better running back, I think, as a whole. Tougher running back. So I think that's okay. Treshawn Ward's a good player, and they'll get him back soon. I think they can get by with what they have at the running back room. Um, there was good news on the side, but then you go, sorry, and then but on the side of the running back thing, uh, it sounds like Christian Duffy will be back and will be able to get some snaps in this week, which is big. So I do like that. Uh, that's a good sign, especially for the running game. They can get their line back to almost pretty much full strength that may help that running game and that'll take a lot of pressure off of the biggest storyline out of there is that's will howard who might not be able to go and the stand and and if will howard cannot go what is chris clement going to do with the quarterback situation he mentioned that here probably start avery but we'd have rubes ready to go too i mean we'd give guy both guys a lot of reps and like we did yesterday we split a lot of those reps yesterday um colin and i really haven't dove into that uh, on on Tuesday, um, today will be the same thing. In my guess is that Avery um, will take uh, most of the reps of the ones, but Jake will take some as well, and we'll see how the week goes. So they're going to throw in the Big 12 opener, luckily at home, they're going to throw the true freshman Avery Johnson out there. And don't get me wrong, Avery Johnson is an electric athlete. But when you watch him play, the guy looks like a high schooler out there amongst men. If someone gets Avery Johnson a good licking, he might not make it. So like I said, Jake Rubley's got to be ready to go too. But it's that to me is the as much as Daniel Green is a very big piece of the defense, not having Will Howard for a week or two is huge. Not having a guy who's... Been through the ringer, and, and especially with the fact that you're going to throw a guy out there that really doesn't have a lot of experience. And honestly, he's a great runner right now at this point in time square. He can use his athleticism in quarterback power and option plays. I don't know how great of a passer Avery Johnson is going to be at this point in time, and you're going to need to have some pass. You're going to have to throw the ball in this game. I'm sorry, if, if you're Kansas State, you're taking on a UCF team that puts up points. You're, you're taking on a UCF team that puts up points, over 40 per game. You're going to have to score some points, and that probably means you're going to have to throw the ball at some point in time. So that's a bit scary. But like I said a little bit ago, good sign is Christian Duffy is back. That means your offensive line is back possibly to full strength. That's a great thing to have with a young quarterback, giving him the security that he can be protected by one of the best offensive lines in college football, even though it hasn't been great to this point in time, but I'm going to blame that on the injury to Duffy. 
So that's good. You have Giddens. You can ride him hard. You, 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 this is what you do in these situations. Speaking of Kansas State, I remember when Nebraska went down to Kansas State back in the mid-90s, and they were down to their third-string starting quarterback in the Terminator, Matt Terman. They pretty much just said, all right, I'll line and running backs. You win us the game. And that's what's going to have to happen on Saturday if K-State's going to win. Turn around and give it to Giddens. Let that offensive line pave the way. Make a couple of short, quick, good passes. And hopefully you keep the ball away from that UCF offense. Because that offense is going to put up points. Now, Kansas State got lucky a little bit here. Because two weeks ago, John Reese Plumley, the quarterback for UCF, who's a dynamic playmaker, got hurt. He didn't play last week. He's not going to play this week, it sounds like. So they're going to have a backup in Tommy McLean going for UCF this weekend. There's a bonus. But UCF can still put up points. They can still put up yards. They can still get it done. Not saying Kansas State can't win, but not having your emotional leader on defense, not having your quarter starting quarterback there on offense, and you're putting a true freshman back there, which doesn't say a lot of great things about the development of Jake Rubley to this point in time. Now you're putting yourself in a tough predicament right now if you're Kansas State. Be very intriguing to see how this game shakes out because I think if everyone is at full strength between UCF and Kansas State, it's a great game. Kind of a toss-up game, kind of like the Missouri game. Play here or there decides who wins it. Now even with all the injuries, I still think it's that way, but it's a hard time kind of figuring what it's going to be. Listener Andy texts in, What's, what was the last year Kansas State had a quarterback make it through an entire season not injured? I can't remember. It's every year. Great question. Uh, my guess would be Colin Klein. And, I, and I, like I said, I don't follow Kansas State football as closely as some programs, obviously. But I would say Colin Klein would be the last one. I don't think Skylar Thompson ever made it through. Did Daniel Sams make it through a whole season? I don't know. Uh, Colin Klein would be my last guess. It's a, it's a physical game. And if you're a quarterback that runs... Heck, even if you, you know, being a mobile quarterback that can escape pressure and get down, you can extend your season. If you're a quarterback who can't do any of those things or is a running quarterback, you're probably not going to play the full season. It's a very physical game. It's a hard game. Look at all the injuries that have piled up in the NFL season, you know, when it comes to, you know, Nick Chubb and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, all that kind of stuff. So... Uh, very, I thought it was a very newsy day in Manhattan talking about all the injuries. This is, you know, this is really the first. I know they lost Adrian Martinez last year, but Will Howard proved the point that he was developed and he was ready to go. I, I maybe Avery Johnson is that again. I don't know. That just it seems like a really quick turnaround for a true freshman. If he was a redshirt freshman, all right, and he had a whole year of 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 weights. I'd feel better. Gosh, he just looks so small back there in the box, in the pocket. And he looks so scrawny. And uh, now, once again, UCF is not the most physical biggest team. So I will give them a chance there, but they're fast. It's, it's going to be one of those games where if you're Kansas State, you want to do like you usually do. Hold on to the ball. Methodically move it down the field. Score. But the defense out there hopefully gets some stops every now and then. Because UCF is going to put up points more than likely. But a very interesting, like I said, a very interesting couple of games coming up here on Saturday, both for Kansas and Kansas State, with two newcomers they're facing off against in BYU for KU and UCF for K-State. Interesting games, and and they were interesting before all the injuries for Kansas State. Now it's really interesting. 
Because if you're Kansas State, you might be you might be looking at a two and two start to the season. Maybe you, I don't know. You don't know. But they could get the win. Playing at home will be huge, and hopefully that home crowd will have an impact. But I know if I was a K State fan or a KU fan, I would be. No matter how good the season has gone to this point in time, uh, I'd be concerned these two teams coming up are good. UCF puts up a lot of points, and BYU is tough. BYU is very tough. So, very interesting week coming up in college football, uh, even here in the Sunflower State. All right, let's get to a break. We come back. Dan Lucero is going to join the program. We will we'll maybe ask Dan his thoughts on Kansas State and going to the backup quarterback, Avery Johnson, and much more next. You're listening to the Morning Blitz here on a Wednesday.